So, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou 2 at UFC 260. Awesome fight. Awesome, awesome, fucking awesome fight. Sorry for swearing so early in the, uh, just um, so early into the podcast. Uh, so, where do I start? So, I'll first of all say and happily say and um, unashamedly say um, the fight did go as I, the way that I thought it would go because of Francis Ngannou striking. You know, such a big gun. Just looking at him, has trained with his um, sparring partners back at his gym. Um, you know, his kicks, his striking, his his hooks, his left hooks. You know, just dangerous. You know, very dangerous. You know, it would be very, very unfortunate to be on the receiving end of any of those attacks. So, it was an awesome fight. Um, of course, these two have fought before at UFC 220 back in um, 2018, and uh, the fight lasted basically the whole um, half an hour, the whole um, five rounds of the fight. Uh, but this time around, uh, France is going to change things, and the fight just ran last about for about let's say a round and a half. Just a, a whole of the first round, just half of the almost half of the second round. So you know it was really good. Uh, the first round, Garn was winning. I uh, see he was landing some really heavy shots, uh, getting getting some good takedowns in there, and his head kicks. You know, just was such a big guy and such so much size. His head kicks were really really awesome, and still um, delivering you know significant damage to and to his opponent Stepo. And I noticed that what was different, slightly different from. His last fight at UFC 220, and this was confirmed by one of the commentators by Joe Rogan. This time around, he's much was much more patient and much more calculating with his attack game. I, I call his attack game, um, you know, stance how he um was going about attacking his opponent, just wearing them down. And in the second round, just it was a left hook and then a right hook that just dropped his opponent on, just dropped deeper on the ground. And he um was that a right hook towards the end of the fight before he finished it before he finished it. That um, really um, uh, did it, and he just went in for the kill and uh, just uh, finished Stipe off. So, really, really good fight. The fight went the way I said it would, and the MMA community came out and they're applauding um, Ngannou and um, congratulating him on his win. Uh, really awesome, <laughs> really impressive. And uh, when you're watching it, excuse me, when you're watching it, um, when I was watching it, I was just like really uh, like in awe. I mean. I kind of, of course, when you see uh, fighters pass fights, um, unless of course, common sense would suggest that you're going to change things depending on the your, which whatever opponent you're going to be fighting because you want to win, so you're going to look at their the opponent their opponent's fighting style and stance. They're going to change things, but looking at their past fights, you, uh, for me anyway, I kind of anticipate and I kind of expect them to fight in that same way. At least it'll be, it will be similar. It will not be too different because every fighter naturally. Uh, because of how they are, I mean, like, we're not machines, uh, we're hu- we're human beings. But every fighter naturally has their own particular way, way of how they fight. It's not necessarily good or bad. Okay, it may be, it may for for some fighters it may be bad, and some other fighters it may be really good. But you know, no no two fighters are going to fight in the exact same way. No, the, each fighter is going to be different. So that that was um that was a really 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 awesome fight, and uh, it was awesome. So um, he won by a KO, and his you know just adding to his record of eighteen matches, which will now make it um, nineteen matches, sixteen wins, and just a mere three losses. So um, yeah, this is a uh, this is really good. And I actually looked at um, Ngani's past, and I never knew this, but he's actually uh, came. He kind of he, he kind of made his this journey from. It's like a rags to riches story. Um, so like he kind of made this journey from um, being a, a nobody in 
Cameroon in Cameroon a, 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 in Cameroon a country in West Africa. Um, he was I think was he an orphan there? No, no, he wasn't an orphan. But um, he left um, Cameroon and travelled to Morocco, and then from Morocco, um, excuse me, excuse me, uh, from Morocco he, he moved to France, and then from France um, somehow just managed to get to the US and get into the UFC. So, but of course, along the way he suffered a lot, you know. And in France, in Paris, that he was homeless. So really, um, he has worked and you know, had to pull himself up by his bootstraps, as they say, you know, to get himself to where he is today. So. Uh, really impressive, and a lot of people, even myself, were very proud of him and proud for his win um, last night. And of course, credit to Stepe for being, um, as Joe Rogan said in one of his latest um, Instagram um, posts, um, credit to Stepe for you know being a class act in all of this. Um, because some fighters, of course, wouldn't have taken too kindly to um, losing like this, at least losing a, a championship title belt. Um, in this manner, but credit to him uh, for handling the whole situation well. I mean, I saw when they were announcing the winner in that um, in the ring that um, once the fight was over, when they were announcing the winner, you know, naturally you know who's won. The fight, even both fighters know who's won, unless of course something happens. Um, maybe one of the judges just um, uh, fucks things up and they just they don't do their job properly and they misjudge the whole contest. Whereby even a novice who has never seen who has never followed the sport of MMA before or never seen a fight before in their life, never been in a fight before in their life. If they see it, they can, of course, even they themselves can tell who the winner is, you know. But no, um, credit to him, he handled the whole, the whole thing well. No trash talking, no shit talking, nothing like that. So next up was Vincent Vincent um, Luque versus Tyron Woodley, uh, the men's welterweight division. Now, um, in this fight, I have to say that when I saw this, I my immediate re- response was, okay, this fight was a horrible fight, and Tyron Woodley, um, his performance was just absolutely terrible. But then, after kind of talking about it to um, to Charlie, who, Charlie is someone who I speak to about this a lot on a regular basis, but virtually every single day. After speaking to him about it, he said, well, no, it's actually a good fight, you know, because I saw Dana White's reactions at the press conference, post-press conference after the fight, and I was surprised by his comments. I was surprised by Charlie's comments because both sides and other people as well. I was thinking, well, hold on, did these people see the same fight that I saw? Because I thought that fight was actually absolutely horrible for Tyron. But then I went back and I watched it a lot more closely. And actually, Tyron Woodley um, started the fight really well, uh, quite aggressively. Um, he got the clinches in. Uh, the um, his grappling and wrestling was on point. It was really, really good striking, everything. But they were just. And just one point whereby his opponent um, set a trap and he fell into that trap. And it was just so cleverly done. He just landed a clean... What was it? No, he landed... Um, it was a clean... Is it left or right hook? I can't remember. Can't remember. I should remember, but um, even in my notes, I'm not correct. But he just landed a, um, landed a, a single shot to um, uh, Woodley's um, chin to his jaw. And I can see that if you hit your opponent there, that's also one one place you can knock your opponent out completely. Uh, but he landed a shot there, and um, it just it drops, <laughs> it drops Woodley, and that was just did it, that did it for um, Woodley because from there things just start going downhill. Um, I noticed that even at one point he seemed dazed. Um, he, he he somehow the fight moved from one side of the, the octagon to the other side. 
I remember him at one point just standing on his legs, just I'd say just been woken up from a, a, a really deep sleep, and um, yeah, it was just it was just one of those situations whereby um, you know you think it's going well, you think you've got it in the bag, and then out of nowhere, boom, you know um, your opponent can't just changes things completely, and um, you know you're given a rude awakening that you know this um, this is not going to go the way you'd hoped or the way you'd anticipated. And yeah, you know, Luke won uh, via submission by a Barbo choke. And um, another question that people are asking now, Dana White included, uh, though he didn't really make it clear in the press conference, he was very vague, as he's notorious for being so, especially with uh, Khabib. And in fact, a lot of people close to Khabib were, they were close to Khabib, you know, from the AKA gym in, in California. They um, Everybody's being basically tight-lipped about whether he was coming back to um back to the sport or not coming out of retirement and even if it was just for the for the uh for the for one last fight to bring his record of 29 and 0 up to 13 0 you know even if they knew anything they're being really really tight-lipped about it but um a lot of people are now speculating that uh, tyron woodley probably will be will be released from the ufc uh because this will now be his fourth loss his fourth uh loss out of uh, a losing streak because before this he had three lo- uh, three fights that he lost um, God, I haven't got anything, but there were three. He he lost three fights, and um, you know Dana White commented on the fact that this guy is now thirty eight, going on thirty nine years old. There's a good chance that he will not be. Um, well, he didn't say anything like that, but um, you know, from in it, of course, there's no uh, nothing new. Although you do have the rare exceptions such as Glover Teixeira, um who is about 41, 42. But um, in the MMA world, and in the sports world, um, when you, once you start to hit your late 30s, and maybe if you're lucky enough, you, you're, still, you're still competing into your early 40s, um, that is the time that many people are advised or it's considered as a time that the athlete should retire and hang up their boots and whatever. Because... Um, you know, you you just not uh, the young spring chicken you were back in your your, your early twenties, uh, your early to early to mid to early to mid to late twenties, early thirties. You know, at that point, you know your recovery is not going to be what it used to be. And we, you know, I saw that in the um, if you agree with me, I saw that in the Alistair Overeem fight that he fought when he fought against um Alexander Volkov. Uh, his recovery just after that one single shot from Volkov, it just you know even for over him in that fight you know things just started going down he would just he could just couldn't recover and it just ended up with him trying to defend himself and he you know, he wasn't really um attacking his opponent it just it really just um, sucked from that point yeah so woodley has had for now had four losses uh the fourth of course will be against um luke so the other losses he's had has been colby covington gilbert burns and Kamaru Usman so uh, now it's four losses so duh, duh, duh. I think of course I think I can safely say that uh, in the sport one loss let's say two loss but let's say one loss can be one loss um, can be one loss too many um, but of course if you are a big name like say Conor McGregor uh, and uh, yeah if you're a big name like say Conor McGregor I think um, you might get away with that because you're bringing so many pay-per-views for the, uh, for the organisation that's um they know that you're their golden boy like conor mcgregor i've been told he's a dana white's golden boy 
so he can get away with something like this. Um, so he, even if he has, yeah, if he's had one loss, then um, he won't be uh, dismissed from the organization just like that. Um, for Tyron Woodley, um, Charlie asked me about this whether he's going to be cut from the UFC, and I said um, I haven't ha- actually had a chance to look into this. And now I'm looking at the guy's record: four losses. Yeah, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good at all. And for his age and for his fi- his current fighting record, th- this um, losing streak. Yeah, I think Dana White probably is um, probably is going to say uh, sorry, kid. But I think um, not kid, but. Sorry, friend, but I think uh, your time's up. It's time to call it quits. At least to call it quits with the UFC. And if he does quit from the UFC, if he, if he quits from the UFC, or if Dana White releases him from the UFC, where will he go? Because I have to say, despite what I've just said about uh, being your, you know, with as far as sports is concerned, when you get to a certain age, even though in life in general, uh, being around 40, 41 isn't necessarily considered old. But in sport, it is considered old. Um, will if he leaves the UFC, will he, which will he retire? As in, will he be done with the sport completely for good? Or you know, where else? Could, what else could he do? Where else will he go? Will he go to Bellator? Will he go to One Championship? Will he go to PFL? Um, you know, so um, he's still. When you look at the fights like Glover Teixeira, I think I look at them, and then I look at I'm trying Tyron Woodley, and I think okay, maybe. The UFC may not want you, but possibly, potentially, there's still hope for you um, elsewhere. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does and see what happens anyway, because at the press conference, Dana White didn't necessarily say word for word, yeah, I think it's time for him to go. I mean, he didn't say it like he said it with um, um, Yoel um, Romero. He didn't say that this, he didn't say it clearly and just bluntly he didn't say that this person has this many losses blah 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 it's time for them to go we don't really need you or want you anymore and your Romero I think moved over to Bellator I think if I, if that's wrong because it's something I like to fact check things exactly before I come and make my podcast please correct me in um, the comment section below I know some people have actually started doing that and I'm grateful I will happily take correction if I'm wrong about something I'll happily take it humbly um I'll not argue with you if you know if the facts are if the facts are what they are. I will correct myself, and you know no problem, no argument for me. That's fine. So after that, um, Sean O'Malley uh, um, versus Thomas Almeida in the men's bantamweight div- um, division, and as I've got this record here, mm. no, I don't. But anyway, um, after this, um, I was going to say, I can't remember the uh, the event it was. Of course, it was a UFC event, but of course, the um, latest on Sean O'Malley um, before before this fight was, I think, a fight he had. Um, I can't even, I can't even remember the opponent uh, the opponent's name, um, but um, Ben Askren called him out on it and said that uh, you are calling him like a chicken or a coward or just a weakling for being carried out on a stretcher. So, um, you know, th- but that was the event. I think that was um, Sean O'Malley's uh, latest fight um, before this fight here at UFC 260. So his performance was uh, really impressive. It was really good. You know, he moved well. He avoided being he avoided being hit quite a lot. Um, there was that, that brutal head kick that he delivered to um, Almeida, which was actually hit the shin 
of um, Omali's leg going straight to um going straight to Omali's chin. So um that's um I have to say that if being and I've heard I've not been dealt a leg kick before, the exception being my my legs in the past in amateur fights, but I've not been dealt a leg kick to my head, to my forehead, mouth or anywhere like anywhere near the upper part of the body. So I have to say I don't I don't know what it feels like, but I can from what the fights that I've seen, I've heard what those leg kicks are like and the sort of damage they do to the opponent's body. You know, um, to pe- opponents such as um, Anderson Silva, you know, where his leg was broken by um, it's, what's his name, Weidman, Chris Weidman, or something like that. So, um, you know, I, I I can hear what I can hear what they, what they feel like, but not necessarily. I can have heard what they felt like, the sort of damage they do, but uh, unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately, but I've not, I'm yet to experience what they feel like. Um, so um, yeah, as um, was it um, DC Cormier, uh, was it Daniel Cormier or Joe Rogan, one of the cage side commentators, they said that um, it's a miracle, it's a miracle that Almeida was still managed to stand up right and straight um, after that, um, after um, Amali's um, Amali's shin touched his chi- touched his chin. So um, yeah, so he but okay, he was still able to stand afterwards and. Um, after the replay showed me that it was actually yeah Amali's the shin of Amali's leg that touched um Amal chin, Almeida's chin, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and uh, I think Amali's only slight mistake, uh, but I think he managed to correct it just by defending himself when he was on the ground with his uh, with uh, some footwork with his legs. I think he tried to execute a flying knee, but he fell and lost his balance, and that was like in the second round. Um, but yeah, defending himself well. Uh, but overall, I'm impressed with his performance. As Charlie um, said before, I went to look at the um, the replay of the whole fight. Yeah, it was uh, really good. And uh, in the um, the post interview, the press, the post press interview, he was um, saying that uh, for the past eight months since his last fight, where excuse me, whereby he hurt his ankle, hurt his ankle, uh, he had been getting memes and jokes and phone calls, text messages, all what just people making fun of his ankle just asking does his ankle still hurt does his ankle still hurting up and uh, and stuff like that but um, I think this fight has shut the naysayers up and uh, yeah well done so he won by a KO so there was the other fight um, hang on, I missed it somewhere this was yeah, now the women's uh, flyweight division. Um, God, and I hate this. I hate when this shit happens. Um, it's the reason why I downloaded the UFC Fight Pass, and for some reason, the UFC never, ever, ever upload the fights in the main card up uh, until about maybe two or three days. Which, okay, I maybe from a business standpoint, they probably won't do that because they want to make sure that the fight probably uh, becomes as most irrelevant as possible before the next fight so by the time you've watched that they've probably made as much money as possible before they can release it to uh, or to whoever or onto whatever platform they wish um but this was for the women's flyweight um, division miranda maverick versus gillian roberts um yeah I, c- I couldn't see it and um i'm not sure so yeah, i couldn't i can't really confirm probably in this podcast who was that one 
Now, Jamie Malarkey versus um, Karma Worthy. Now, I thought, initially, I thought that Jamie Malarkey was um, basically a fresh face in the UFC. But no, he's actually had um, two other fights, previous fights. But those two um, previous fights, he's actually lost. Uh, so, this will make his third fight. My computer up here. Da, 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 da. His third fight. An Australian guy. Just enter some my tablet. Yeah, an Australian guy who has had my father's motion. Yeah, an Australian guy who has had um in the UFC, I think so far um, is it three fights? Well, so far he said that his record is thirteen wins and four losses. Um, of so altogether it's about what 17 um fights altogether and this should make it the 18th fight but i've just not got the records up in, up here in front of me guys but i know that since he's joined the ufc what i really should have meant to say instead of rambling on like someone who just cut who just keeps losing his train of thought since joining the ultimate fighting championship he has um had about um just losses he hasn't won a single fight but so this he won this fight against karma worthy and uh so this hopefully should put him in the good in the good books of the UFC. So I thought it was um, a good fight. The fight, you know, he, he was that good that he just made. He, he went in there and just um, uh, took care of things in less than a minute in the first round. So uh, I made that point, and uh, it, uh, fights like that usually they do amazing because it for me it kind of suggests that one of the fighters there just wants to win so badly that they you know uh, the way. Um, uh, was it Corey Sanhagen uh, fought um, at UFC Vegas 18 against um, Frank Edder with that flying knee? Just just like that, the match was over. Um, Jorge Maradol, um versus Ben Askren. I can't remember the UFC event that it was, but just in the first 10, 15, 20 seconds, he took out Ben Askren with, with, with that, um, was it a knee or a flying knee and just knocked Ben Askren out? That, that was it. But fights like that for me suggest that one of those fighters is so determined to win. They they don't care really about um how do I say this showing off um how good they are with their stand up how good they are with their ground game they just want to win and they just go out there and get a knockout in there whether it's by a TKO or KO uh, quickly just in the first round within the first within the first minute of the first round so um and that's why yeah I mean I, what else can I say he threw a left hand strike that dropped his opponent and yeah he won by KO within 46 seconds of the first round so uh, yeah and again this will be his first UFC win so uh, hopefully just looking forward to uh, seeing more good things from this guy so have I covered all the fights have I covered all the fights there's a stupe one two three yeah well okay fine for the main card I've covered all the fights for the main card guys sorry um I don't don't want to ramble on too much for this podcast, so I ju- I've got a habit of focusing mainly on, on the main card. And admittedly, there are some other fights on the preliminary card on the second second half of the card that don't interest me that much. They're not they're just not that exciting. Um, of course, if I was talking to somebody else. Yeah, fine, I'll talk about it, and um, I will talk about it all day. Like, because I still have a lot to learn about the sport. So yeah. People um, have been reacting if, um, about um, Ngannou's win against Stipe. Um, 
yeah so as i said before the beginning of the episode people have been congratulating him um chael sonny said that he called it i called it as well um because looking at um gandhi's um previous fights uh not just in the show the one he had at ufc 220 against stipe uh just watching his fighting style you know his striking capability you know his his shots um his hooks his kicks you know the amount of power behind uh any attack that he dishes out of course is going to be very deadly upon his opponent and you know his opponent whoever you are you know you really don't you really don't want to be on the receiving end of such of such an attack so question is is John Jones still, excuse me, is John Jones still going to be going up um head to head, up against uh, France and Ghana head to head at UFC two sixty? So, a lot of people are doubting that he will. I think, God, although this new video is coming out from all the um, from all the sports and the MMA um YouTube channels and other platforms um like MMA Focus, um, BT Sports, um, MMA Worlds, MMA News, etc, etc. And hopefully my, <laughs> hopefully this podcast one day, when I get up to, I get up there to that level. Um, you know, I think, um, I'd say yes, although John Jones is saying that he uh, still wants more money for the, for the fight. Because he believes that he's a big, okay, understandably, yeah, I agree, he's a big name. France and Ghani now, I mean, the sort of win he had over Stipe, uh, they're both big names in the sport now, especially, of course, more so, more so John Jones. So he's asking for more, uh, to for more money for the fight, um, for a bigger cut of the pay per views, um, if if he should find John Jones did make, I mentioned this in one of my previous podcasts, like John Jones. Uh, did put out a tweet saying that um, it, it would be nice to work for the UFC, blah 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 blah, this and that. Um, if they pay me more money, basically, that's what it was about. And um, I think that the tweet was basically hinting that if he wasn't paid more money, he'd be leaving the organization. You know, he'd be resu- he'd be quitting basically. But uh, as some people have pointed out to me before, that many many fighters have said this before. They're gonna quit if they don't get they don't get paid more. It's like it's almost like the retirement game thing that Conor McGregor likes to play that he's retiring, and then a few weeks later, a few months later, he's making he's shouting and making making so much noise about how he wants to fight. So um, in this case, I'd say yeah, it could happen. Of course, I can see Francis and Garni saying yeah, fine, let's do that if if that's what he wants, but. I think the issue will come from from the side of John Jones, not just to do the salary, but there's been the issue of. Okay, let me. I'm gonna be like uh, sound like a broken record here because it's something that people have heard from virtually all corners of the sport of of MMA. Um, PEDs, um, you know the um, performance enhancing um, substances, um, performance enhancing drugs banned substances which have been um, banned by USADA um, you know those sort of things um, you know there have been situations where by uh, occasions and this is an example DC was supposed to fight him at one particular um, point is it 2016 or 17 or 18 I can't remember the particular event but um, just at the last minute the, at the last second um, Dana went to meet up with DC Cromier DC Cromier DC, and we just say DC because I'm getting so tongue twist and tongue tied when, when speaking and saying complicated names. And just at the last minute in the locker room or backstage, 
away from the main a- area of the arena. Um, Dana White gave uh, DC the bad news, and DC was clearly pissed, really, really angry. And it's something that John Jones is notorious for when it comes to um, banned substances, and and him just just not just banned substances, but also other issues that happen outside of fighting, like the uh, the car crash we had in two thousand two thousand fifteen or so. Um, 2015 or 14, and I think he had a head-on collision with a, another car that was being driven by a pregnant girl. She broke her arm, and he fled the scene, only to return back to the car to pick some things, uh, to just collect some things. Then while the police were away, um, and then he left again. On either way, um, the police didn't see him. But what I'm saying is that where he is concerned, there's, I I think I can safely say that there's always been an issue. There's always been some sort of um problem there's always been some sort of issue and um it, not just um, peds not just the um the issues of um, crime happening outside the fight um and this will not necessarily be an issue but something i've heard from the, the um top coach uh, aka ha- yeah, um harvey um harvey mendez um he was doing a, a brief episode with uh one of the aka teammates who naturally runs a branch of the aka gym aka gym over in Thailand, Mike Swick, who runs his own podcast, check it out. Um, really good podcast. Um, he was saying to uh, Mike Swick that uh, one of the things about John Jones is that if he does see that it's going to be an opponent that he he, he knows he's not going to win, or he's not going to um, be able to def- um, defeat, even if it means even if it means um, pulling out the fight at the last minute, he will do that. He will do that. Um, Mendes um, told a brief story about there was one particular fight that I think um, there was one particular fighter was it Kobe Covington or someone like that who was supposed to fight John Jones and what happened is that that particular fighter couldn't um, participate in the competition um, any longer for some reason it wasn't disclosed and then Shel Sonnen stepped in to replace that fighter and then knowing how how good Shel Sonnen is, is with wrestling and of course if you're good at wrestling and grappling, your ground game will be very good. Excuse me. Your ground game will be very good. John Jones pulled out. Just right there and then at the last minute. So, I have to say that uh, potentially, I can see Francis and Ghana saying, yeah, yes to uh, to this fight. But uh, I think the issue will come from, the issues will come from John Jones. I mean, France and Ghana, yeah, I'm saying, I can see him saying yes. He could also say no. He could also say no because every fighter will have their own reason for not not wanting to fight another opponent, whether it's because they don't believe they'll win, beat their opponent or because they don't believe that it will do anything for them, you know, to at least push them up, up towards the top of the rankings of their particular weight division. Uh, they don't believe they're going to get a, a, a decent payout, a decent salary for their fight, which I can understand. And, you know, I've said this before. In the world of uh, of mixed martial arts sports, whatever organization you're fighting for, even if it's Bellator, and I say Bellator because I, I'm always hearing good, nice things about Bellator. You know, even from the way they pay their fighters to how they run their events, and you know, even in the venue, in the venues when you go, their fighters have said that it feels like a, it feels like a much more family based atmosphere and. Uh, it, you know, everyone there is friendly in comparison to the UFC, where it's strictly business when you're in there. 
Uh, but, you know, the point I'm trying to make basically is that in mixed martial arts, athletes, unfortunately, nobody cares about them. I've seen that. Nobody cares about you at all. So, unfortunately, if you want to succeed and to do well and to earn as much money as possible, because um, certain things you have to think about when you retire from the sport is your health. Um, and that's something that, especially if you live in a country like the United States, um, your health, of course, you have to pay for um, personally from your own money, from your own pocket. And um, so, yeah, it's, I can I can understand when fighters say, no, they're not going to take this fight because I, the other fighter is someone who I know I can't beat or they're not a well-known person, so it doesn't do much for them in terms of even if they beat them, they're not going to really get they're not going to earn that much money because people people may not tune in to watch the fight as many people as much as possible so the pay-per-fees may not be as high as they would like it to be and uh, in terms of rankings they may not you know they they may not be boosted up the rankings as high as they would like so you know i i do that from that aspect i i don't know if many people out there listening or watching this will disagree with me but that that is my take on it so uh yeah but let's uh see um see how that goes um now tyron woodley i think i've talked about that I've talked about that enough um so something else i wanted to talk about was um there was a mistake i made in the uh my last podcast well, my last episode michael chandler versus um uh, charles Oliveira. at night I said that um, I think I may have played down um, Marco Chandler's uh, fighting capability and he is, I've seen him fight before, um, <laughs> he is, um, as they say, he's a, he's a very ferocious fighter, a beast, a monster, as someone, as one of my, um, as one of my subscribers told me, uh, he's a really, really ferocious fighter, so, um, when they said that, I went back to look at some of his other fights and I could, I, quickly, I, I understood what they meant, um so i did say that if he was to go head to head with charles Oliveira, well say if that that fight's going to happen unless if one of them gets covid19 or if for some reason something bad happens that the venue has to close or you know anything can happen but as far as we know that fight is definitely going to going to be taking place um i think i'll say it's going to be close and if it does um if it does go one way, will I say Michael Chandler? Because if I say Michael Chandler is going to win this fight, then someone else watching this video, listening to this podcast, will come back and say, "You don't know what you're talking about." Um, no, Charles Oliveira is, uh, you know, is uh, if not he, if he's not a beast, he's uh, he's a something else that sounds good that kind of like adds to the uh, to the positive side of his fighting capability. So I'll say the fight's going to be close, but I do know that Mark, uh, Michael Chandler is, from what I've seen. Um, from his past fights, as besides being a very likable guy, sounds very very intelligent, sound, intellectual gentleman. I like him. I like him a lot. You know, he's one of those unique fighters that uh, is very different from the rest. Um, he's he's very ferocious, very dangerous fighter. His punches are really, 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 uh, really, really heavy and serious. Um, I'll say it's going to be close. That's the best I can. Uh, that's the best way I can put it. Without um obsessing anyone else but that's my opinion i'd like to say that one of them will win but you know the fight day will come fight night will come and go and then we'll see that actually not the opposite was the case i could say that charles really will win stick to my gun and say no he's got the upper got the upper hand here but um 
fight night could come and go and they will see that no Michael Chandler actually proved me wrong proved everybody else wrong so I'll say that for me it will be close so let's wait and see what happens so guys I hope you enjoyed this podcast um 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 bad habit got kick it gotta stop it um <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this podcast if you did enjoy this podcast please don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe um I'm currently at 76 subscribers, so um, yeah, I'm hoping to get to 100 by. I was gonna, I was hoping to get to 100 by the end of this month, but I'm still a really small, tiny channel, tiny podcast. So probably I shouldn't um, hold my breath or set my um, sights too high. So just keep going and pushing and see where this goes, see this where this takes me. I'm surprised that I was, that I'm getting subscribers or even views at all of my content. So um, before I even started podcasting about MMA, before I even started podcasting. But anything at all, I don't think anybody would be listening to my content. But people are, so let's see. Uh, uh, for myself, let me see where it goes. If you did enjoy my content, uh, my video, once again, please uh, don't forget to leave a like, hit subscribe. Um, you can also listen to my podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, SoundCloud. Uh, soon be on on Apple. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My name is Ico Jarko One on Instagram, Ico Jarko on Twitter, and Ico Jarko on Facebook. Thanks again, guys.